Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 33. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to best selling author Gary Renard, author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Love Has Forgotten No One. Still, We'll tell you a little bit more about that as we progress. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And as always, it is my great pleasure and honor to bring aboard the man himself, the star of our show. He'll be down under soon, but he's here now, Gary Renard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, buddy. How are you? Oh, good. Tell the crowd, please. Don't okay. stand up. All right. All right. I know. We only have 35 minutes. That's right. We've got to make this a little bit briefer. Gary's on a tight schedule because you're you're traveling uh, again as tomorrow as we record this, correct? That's right. I'm off to uh, Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is uh, going to be interesting, the contrast, because, well, as you know, Cindy and I went to Malibu today. You were telling me, yes. You had a yeah. little drive down to the beach. Yeah. We had a great time. It was in the 80s and... Uh, it's a beautiful little beach in Malibu that most people don't know about. That's called El Matador. Oh. And it's beyond Zuma Beach. Olé. Everybody knows about Zuma Beach, mm-hmm. which is huge. But El Matador is, you know, a beautiful little out-of-the-way place with great rock formations with a lot of sand, and it's just breathtaking. It's like a wonderful beach. So we decided to go there today. It wasn't that crowded because it's no longer what you would call peak season here. Uh-huh, I guess not. And so... uh you know, we just had a great time. Yeah. And you know that El Matador actually means the Matador. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. I'm sorry. I'll have to double check on the internet, but yeah, that may be true. Yeah, how are how are those little beach areas? Because for those of us who don't live in Southern California, and I've only been out there once or twice, but when you get time to poke around in the little different places, we remember back, many of us remember back to the 60s, all those, you know, the romantic beach movies and surfing movies and the Beach Boys playing at a, at a beach party with a bonfire. It, it looked like you had all these really cool little beaches. You could just drive right up to them with your woody and take out the surfboard. And you know, Are there places that are still kind of like that? Uh, yeah, in fact, this is one of them because... Uh you know, movie producers know about this place, even if uh, most of the public doesn't. And they like to shoot scenes uh, from movies there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another beautiful beach in Southern California is Laguna Beach. Yeah, I've heard of that a lot. But uh, it's a little more crowded, uh-huh. you know, more people. And uh, there are quite a few beautiful beaches in Southern California. And, uh, yeah, we just love going to them. When I have the time when I'm here, and when I'm here the most, it seems to me in the winter... And, of course, that's when it's not exactly the warmest here. Right. So uh, we're actually going to go to Hawaii for about nine days at the end of the year. Because mm. I'll finally get some time off, and uh, that'll be great. So uh, yeah. Yeah, everything's going good. We're mm-hmm. having a good time here. It'll just be a contrast going to Indianapolis, because uh, here it's going to be cold and rainy. Oh, that should be nice. Yeah. But it's a good workshop, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, we were just going to talk very briefly about your schedule. We are going to get to questions. We've promised each other and our fans <laughs> that today will be a lot of questions. Uh, as we're recording this, so people will know, full disclosure, this is a Wednesday. Uh, you'll be leaving tomorrow to take this trip we're talking about. The podcast will probably come out around Friday so uh, or, or over the weekend, so it'll be a little bit after that, but they'll know. And then I mentioned earlier, just quickly, somewhere it's in, uh, in November, you're going to be going down under to Australia once again, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm uh, actually going to do two workshops in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's going to be really good. I haven't been to Australia 
in about five years. No kidding, it's that long. Yeah, time flies. Man. Wow, yeah. Because I remember the last time, I remember, yeah, we were talking about going, and at that time you were living in Maine. So to leave from Maine and go to Australia is almost across the planet. You know, now, <laughs> now at least you're a little closer on the way, but it's still a long trip. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to be in Brisbane. I'm going to be in a beautiful place called Byron Bay, mm. uh, which I went to before, and uh, it actually is as beautiful as Hawaii. And uh, then we're going to Sydney. Cindy's coming with me. We're going to go to uh, Sydney. And we'll have about four nights there. I'll do a workshop there as well as a nice talk at this really cool bookstore called the Adjar mm. uh, Bookstore. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great trip. And I just wanted to mention that so that all my friends in Australia will look for me. A lot of, lot of people, a lot of fans, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, course people down in Australia, a lot of folks down under. We always talk about our buddy Cole, who rides the, 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 uh, the mower down there when he yeah. listens to our podcast. Uh, but there's so many other friends, I can't think to mention them all, but uh, many of them are connected on Facebook as well. So it's great. You must get a great reception, especially now, because they know you so well down there. I'm looking forward to it. I know that uh, the first workshop in Brisbane is sold out, so they added the second one. So, uh, yeah, things must be going good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, actually, another thing I wanted to talk about, because you mentioned we're going to do questions tonight. Right. Well, if you really want to ask me questions, then we're going to do a teleconference call uh, next Tuesday night. That's right. Which is the 28th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, 20, actually, 20, 27th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, yeah. You would have been, and I would have been in Australia already. No, it'll be a Tuesday, the twenty seventh. Well. Okay, that's what. Nine p.m. Uh, Eastern, six p.m. Central. Correct. Uh, six p.m. Uh, Pacific. Pacific, right? So, it's, and you can fill in the blanks for the other time zone. Yeah. And uh, I actually mentioned that my e-newsletter went out today, mm-hmm. and I told people how they could register for it. And uh, the difference with this, uh, the difference between this and the podcast, and of course the podcasts are free. And the difference with the uh, teleconference is that, yes, people do have to pay over $19.95 mm-hmm. in order to do it. But the difference is that, uh, you know, we'll do at least an hour and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if we went for two hours. And people can actually talk directly to me. Uh, it's not like they have to type it into a computer or something. They mm-hmm. call up on the phone, and uh, they can actually talk to me directly and ask me questions. You'll be the facilitator. That's right. I'm going to and, make, make things facile. Yes. Right. But, uh, you know, if, I know there are some people that would like to be able to come to my workshops and ask me questions. They don't really always have the opportunity to do so uh, because the location or the schedule or, you know, that costs a little bit more. So, you know, this is an opportunity for people to, you know, talk to me. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I it, think it's going to be fun. It should be good, so so people will know. Also, it's, it's just a phone call on this one. You don't have to be on a computer or anything, so it's something that everybody can really access, anybody with a telephone. Uh, I believe it's not an 800 number, so you might have to just, you know, whatever you do when you normally call, I assume it's from California. We'll t- talk about that organization. So it's possible long-distance charges are there, but there's no fee beyond whatever you normally would pay for the phone call um, other other than the fee to charge. But part of that is also, so folks will know, we're doing this with a company called Maestro Conference. They have this really great technological platform that allows these multiple listeners to come in. And then as the moderator, I'll be the guy who can actually push the buttons on my computer so we can individually select people. You'll see a list of everybody who's there. Oh, here's, you know, Jane Smith. And I can say, okay, Jane has a question because you can indicate by pushing a number on your telephone, you can hit one and then put your hand up. And then we know you have a question for Gary. And then you come online and you're talking live with Gary 
and and everyone of course hears it all the time so it's really a great piece of technology to be able to utilize so i think it's going to be really pretty exciting as you say it's the next best thing to being in the room with you at one of your live events yeah yeah i think that's true and uh you and i actually did a test call last night with a few people Mm -hmm. You know, just to make sure it would work, and it seems to be working. It, yeah, it worked great. I mean, I, I had a few few buttons to learn, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's not that big a deal. But uh, it's really nice. And this way, sometimes with conference calls, if everybody's on the line at the same time, it's just chaotic. There's too much noise and background telephone noise as well as people talking over each other. You can't make sense of it. Or the other option is to have nobody talk except the host. Um, in this case, you can be more selective. So you can bring people on and you can have those discussions. And, you know, so you can mute microphones and bring them on selectively, which which really keeps it all controlled. It's like having people come up to the mic to ask you a question in person and get to say hello to you. So, yeah, it seemed to work out great. So we, we have high hopes for it. How, how, uh, well, again, it's in your newsletter. Um, I think, is there a link at your website as well now if people want to find out how to join this? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, it's in my e-newsletter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it uh, actually at the Yahoo group tonight as well as uh, okay, Facebook. Okay, that's, that's right. So it'll be on your Facebook. You'll release it. You'll have it at the uh, DU Yahoo group. You'll put that there. And I'll just say, too, because people know my email address uh, to send me questions for Gary. So if you really are stuck with this, send me an email, and I'll get you the thing turned around within a day or two, and you'll have time to sign up for it because it should be fun. Yeah, and I'll ask Roberta, my webmaster, uh, if she can do something about you know, actually put in a, a link at the website. Right. I don't know how that would work, but, uh, you know. Well, maybe she'll put it on your current appearances page or something. She may already have it, but uh, I, I didn't have a chance to look. So we'll figure that out. But uh, folks can find you in a number of ways for this. That's right. That's true. But, yeah, it should be fun. This will be the first one. We hope to be doing these on a pretty regular basis. So hopefully a lot of people can come on board over over time with us. And we'll have little different topics depending on what's going on, although most of it will be just people asking their own questions of you. This one, though, we should let people know. Uh, we kind of were talking about the Halloween season, and we thought it would be great. We're doing it sort of a comparison of Halloween and the ego. And Gary and I kind of figured, you know, there's a lot of parallels and sim- similarities between the two. Because, for instance, Halloween is a time that we we take things that aren't there, you know, ghosts and evil spirits and goblins, ooh, all that kind of stuff. And we pretend that we believe in them, and we pretend that they actually scare us and all this. That's how the ego works. It creates all of this illusion out there, all this fear, separation, death, ooh, all these negative, and it convinces us to believe in them, and we actually experience fear. So the same way that we can do away with the illusions, because the day after Halloween, it's all been a joke and we don't care anymore. That's kind of what you teach, what the Course tells us, how, how to undo the ego by the Holy Spirit, by the process of forgiveness. So you see, great parallel. Who knew? That's true. I think it's all true. Yeah. And uh, You know, just one quick, uh, my favorite Halloween quote, I was able to find this. All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. I just couldn't go without putting Sally in there. Well, that's from Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. So mm. <laughs> I love that line. So anyway, so there's our Halloween take. And uh, so this will be sort of our, our Halloween reference in our podcast here. So uh, Yeah, we'll get into that more uh, next Tuesday night. And I think that if this works... Uh, you know, we could probably do like one a month or something mm-hmm. just so that people could look forward to it and see what it's like and maybe come back and ask the questions that they've always wanted to ask. Because some people have more than one question, and, uh, you know, obviously we can't let people talk for half an hour 
or anything uh, in the podcast, but they can definitely get in uh, a couple of questions with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, depending on, on how many folks are there, it may be that not everybody, we just don't have time to bring everybody on to ask their question, but we'll do as many as we can. And, and as you say, sometimes in any live event, I'm sure people ask you a question, you answer it, and then they may have, well, on this one point, can you follow up a little bit? And so this will allow that kind of personal dialogue, which uh, you know a lot of people love. And obviously that's one of the big big features about your live events people love the fact you're very open to talking with people and answering questions they can ask anything you don't have any preconditions on that and we'll have the same policy here that's true and uh, of course some people just want to listen you know they don't necessarily want to ask a question they just want to listen to what's being said so that works for them too so uh, you know either way it's good and i'm really looking forward to it yeah but uh me too as far as this podcast is concerned, maybe we should get to questions. Yeah, I got a, a handful of them here. We got some new ones, some old ones. Um, I guess that was... A, oh, oh, here's just one quick mention that I wanted to. I know we've been mentioning the cruise coming up next year, which is coming up in uh, next April, the cruise to Mexico. And you can, you can find a link to that right up front at Gary's uh, website. Uh, I'm not going to go into much detail on that, but uh, someone asked us a favor, and, and we said we'd just pass it along a quick mention here. Um most people are coming with, you know, it's usually two people to a cabin and sometimes people will join up to two friends or, or they'll match two singles or something. Um, someone asked if, if they were, if anybody knew people who might be interested in really doubling up more, going to either three or four persons per room. Apparently they talk to the cruise organizers. They say you can do that. It then reduces everybody's charge, but he says like 250 to 750 less per person. So it's more like a dormitory in that sense, like being back in college, you got four people camping out in the room. But a lot of times on cruises, you're only there to take a shower and sleep and the rest of the time you're outside of the cabin anyway so if you're interested this uh, fella goes by the name sam uh, his actual name is spencer so if you want to email spencer or sam his email address is s-a-m-a-r-r-e-s-e so it's like sam maurice but it's s-a-m-a-r-r-e-s-e at hotmail.com so if you're interested in in quadrupling up on a room like that if that's something you might want to do uh feel free to give that guy an email and uh see what you can work out i said i would help him out with that hopefully it will the more the merrier we always have a great time on those cruises so we're really looking forward to next april yeah, one of the things I like about the cruise is that it's a combination of things. You have a really good time, you have a blast, but it's also very enlightening. Uh, then on top of that, you get to meet all these people who think like you, and, mm-hmm. and you end, usually end up making friends that uh, become really good friends. So you know, there are a lot of good things to be said for it. Yeah, it, it's a great way, as we, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's certainly a great way to do all of those things. It's just a lot of fun to begin with. Um, a lot of time, people tend to, I do, I have a better time on a cruise if I'm there with a great group of people. And with these cruises, everybody, I mean, it's so much fun and everybody is so nice, you know. Uh, got us, pat us all on the back. You know, we course people uh, tend to be, you know, pretty really nice people to hang out with, I think. Pardon, pardon my ego, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. But uh, it's really wonderful to be with a big group of people on a cruise, in a, you know, like that and share all of that with these great people. So it, it is just great fun. And you do a, a heck of a job presenting very in-depth discussions because you do 12 or 13 hours of workshop work on, on board, which is fun as well. But it's certainly uh, knowledge bringing, you know, so. Well, thank you. I uh, really enjoy doing it. And it's great to have you as kind of like a master of ceremonies. And, of course, uh, Cindy and Helen will both be there. Yes, well, both girls along, and they're both great singers. So the, the sing-alongs and the piano bar late at night are legendary now. 
Yes, actually, all four of us can sing. I, I know people don't know that, but uh, it's actually true. A lot of people have heard me, and they still don't know that. So, <laughs> but we're working on it. No, we do have a lot of fun. And yeah, you're. Maybe we'll get you to play guitar this time, Gary. I'm waiting. I uh, wouldn't commit to that. Uh, okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep it out there. All right, ready to jump into some questions, buddy? Uh, absolutely. I okay. think I said that a few minutes ago. Uh, you did, and, and, and you weren't lying. Okay, well, um, as I say, we have a couple of new ones and a couple of old ones. We're trying to balance them and get to the old ones as well, but not, not let the new ones become too old. Uh, this is a pretty quick one came in here. This is from uh, one quick question from Brian. Um, and he says, in uh, Disappearance of the Universe, there was a forgiveness thought process. And there were two of those in your immortal reality. I was wondering if there was a forgiveness thought process in the third book that Gary could share with us. He says, since the book is taking so long to come out, tell him I still promise to buy the book. <laughs> and the book, uh, you mentioned that in the newsletters. The book will be coming out. Love has forgotten no one. But good question. Yeah, will there be another of those? Because a lot of people like those processes to work out the forgiveness uh, thing. Yes, well, actually, the forgiveness thought process that they should be doing right now is the fact that the book hasn't come out. Yeah, really, yeah. And uh, and I said in the e-newsletter today that, you know, uh, I apologize for any delays, uh, and I hope that they will forgive them. And if they can't, then maybe they should reread the first two books. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful cycle there, but it's true. Yeah, the, everything is, it's always boils down to forgiveness, always the answer, and so, uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, the short answer is yes, that there are... Uh, a couple of forgiveness thought processes in the next book. I can't share them right now. Uh, what I do at my workshops and also on the cruise, I hope the book will be out by then, and it's like uh, what I'm doing right now at my workshops is I'm you know, giving a synopsis of the third book, you know, what it's about, uh, the different directions that it goes in, how it all fits together. I give the people uh, all of the chapter titles, and I tell them what each chapter is about, and I really explain, uh, you know, why this has been the most difficult book for me. This is about the hardest times in my life, really, which was mostly the year 2007. Mm. And, uh, you know, people will tell you that uh, the things that cause stress are things like speaking in public. There are some people that put that up with the fear of death. Uh, then there's uh, moving. And I moved from Maine to California. You can't move too much farther than mm. that. Yeah, not, not without crossing the ocean. That's true. And, uh, well, traveling a great deal, uh, being attacked by other people, having to make deadlines, not on books alone, but in a lot of other things. And I basically did all five of those things Yeah. Uh, at once. And I talk about my relationship with Karen, my former wife, mm -hmm. uh, in the book, what happened with us, as well as, um, you know, how Cindy and I came out to be. And uh, there's a lot of information in there, and it really connects the dots as to how different lifetimes are connected to each other. Uh, like you have Art and Persa, oh, 100 years from now, in the future. You have uh, Cindy and I today. You have, uh, you know, Thomas and Thaddeus. Uh, and that was, you know, obviously 2,000 years ago, but then there's uh, the Great Sun in that time period as American Indians 1,000 years ago. And then there's all these other lifetimes, which I reveal a few of them uh, in this book, and how they're all connected, and how, as A Course in Miracles says, you know, trials really are but lessons presented once again, mm -hmm. where before, you know, you made a faulty decision. Now you can escape all pain that your previous decision brought to you. So uh, I think one thing that it brings home to people is that their forgiveness lessons are something that they want to do now. They don't want to wait. Because if they wait, it may be too late. 
and then they just have to do the whole thing again anyway. So uh, what it really brought home for me, one of the things that it really brought home for me was not just the synchronicity of how everything is connected, but how we don't really want to waste time. We really do want to take advantage of the forgiveness opportunities that are right there in front of our face. Yeah. And uh, if we do that, then we're going to make tremendous progress. We're going to be like light years ahead in our spiritual progress. And if we don't do that, then we're really just wasting time. Very good. So you, uh, the third book, though, will have a, a little bit more of a direct process, but what you just described there is really what, what everybody should be doing right now. That's, that's true. And yeah. uh, by the way, the reason that the forgiveness thought processes were shorter in the second book was because as you go along and learn it and get used to it, then you have to think about it less. You don't have to think about it quite as much. It actually becomes a part of you. It's more automatic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Course says in those first 15 miracles principles, miracles sh- should be habits. You know, they should be something that comes to you like uh, it's something you do automatically rather than, you know, uh, something that is a long, drawn-out, thought-out process. Right. Now, at first, yes, we do have to think about it. We do have to learn it. Uh, we do have to get used to it. We do have to make it a part of us. And that's one of the reasons why the forgiveness thought process in the first book was longer. But uh, as time goes on, as the years go on, you have to think about it less. And you actually get to a point where it does become just like a part of you. Uh, at one point, I described it uh, when I was speaking in uh, the books, that it was just kind of like the Zen concept of just knowing as unarticulated truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think that that's what it eventually becomes like. Yeah. And I think also, let me just jump in. I think uh, just in case uh, people are thinking this way, it's important to not beat yourself up about not doing it right. So if you say, well, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this forgiveness process automatically. I've been at this for a while and I keep forgetting and then I think about it later. Don't get down on yourself about that because that's the ego at work. Oh, you'll feel so bad you won't even want to do this anymore. So it's just a matter of let it go. Recognize what you did. Let it go, which is a forgiveness process in itself. Let the mistake go and go back to doing it correctly. But the more you keep doing that, as you say, the goal is where it becomes very automatic and and just happens. Yeah, I think that's really true, Gene. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I think it took me 10 years to get what I would describe as good at doing this. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. No. And I said that once in a workshop, and this 70-year-old woman came up to me and she said, if it takes me 10 years to get good at doing this, then I'll be 80 years old. And I said to her, well, how old are you going to be 10 years from now if you don't practice this and if you don't get good? Right. You know, so it's like, it's worth it. You know, it's worth yeah. it to take the time to really practice and keep doing this. If you told people, you know, we've, we've used this analogy before in a different way, but if you told them that it would take them 10 years to be a really good guitar player, they wouldn't be surprised at that. Right. You know, they said, well, I'm willing to do that. You know, I'm willing to practice. If I know that uh, 10 years from now, I'm going to be really good at playing the guitar. And people accept that it's going to take some time. You don't get, you know, you're not going to be a concert pianist or an opera singer overnight. It's going to take years, and and we just accept that. That's true, and this is no different. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. And keep in mind, too, this is not an unpleasant task to be undertaking. You know, so it's not like, oh, I have to do all this forgiveness work. It's a little... I'll say effort in the sense that you have to be aware of doing it, but it's not heavy lifting. 
And in fact, true forgiveness, the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting. We just supply the willingness. So that's all we need is just supply that willingness. Whenever somebody cuts you off or whatever it is they do that pushes your button, you know, try to make it automatic where you say, okay, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to give it to you. And that's, that's it. So it's not hard. It just, just, it's, it's focus and willingness. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Okay, let's go to another question, and we'll do another one. This one came in uh, fairly new as well, and then we'll, I think we'll have time to go to one more, which will probably be an older one, just to balance things. Uh, so uh, she says, uh, hello, Gene, I just listened to the bloopers. I think she meant the, the spoofs, because we don't actually have bloopers. My whole show is a blooper, but no, I think she meant the spoofs of the, of the podcast, which our buddy Stephen has put together. I want to say a shout-out to Stephen, because uh, the spoofs are great. Uh, you can find them on the Forgiveness.tv website on the links page. She says the bloopers are great, but she has some questions for Gary. There's actually three of them. The first one's the longer one, so I'll, I'll go through them fast. And she starts out, this is from Vicky. She starts off saying, Gary, hey, brada, how's it? The course, so I did my best. I don't know how Vicky sounds, but it must be. She says, the course is so radically kick-ass. I can say kick-ass, can I? It's not really obscene. The course is so radically kick-ass, it can't be anything but the absolute truth. I'm with you so far there. I'm with you all the way. Well, that's not the only reason I think it's the truth, but for the purposes of this conversation, I think that'll suffice. She says, with that in mind, what or who do you think Neil Donald Walsh is channeling? She said, this is important to me. And Neil Walsh, of course, wrote the Conversations with God books. She says, this is important to me because it's, it's unsettling that a channeled entity claiming to be God could be so far off from the truth. Your insight into this would be helpful to me. That's her first question. There's a couple more, but that's the first one from Vicky. So, yeah, Gar, what do you say there? <laughs> I thought I'd leave you a little, uh, con- a little, a little controversy for you yeah, to deal with here. Well, actually, I'd say this. And, and uh, Art and Purse actually go into this. In the next book, they're talking about people who channel. And what people who uh, channel don't know, for the most part, is that, uh, first of all, what they're healing, or hearing, uh, excuse me, I said healing, I must be thinking subliminally or uh-huh. something. But actually, uh, what you're hearing is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, Neil said he was hearing the voice of God. Well, God doesn't speak in words. Right. You know, so what he was actually hearing was the voice of the Holy Spirit. And uh, then what happens is that the channeler uh, kind of like filters that. There's mm. a filter going on where the channeler is filtering the message through their own ego. So then you get part of the message of the Holy Spirit, and you get part of the message of the ego. You know, that's why, uh, you know, sometimes things will sound a lot like A Course in Miracles or a lot like the truth, and then they kind of like go off into another direction, and yeah. then they're not like the Course in Miracles, and they're not like the truth. You see that with a lot of famous speakers. Uh, you see that with Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you'll get really pretty far away from the Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that with Marianne Williamson. All of a sudden she'll get pretty far away from what a Course in Miracles is saying. And what I try to do is stay consistent to the Course and actually stick to what the Course is saying. And I think the reason for that is because my teachers also stuck to what the Course was saying. They weren't a filter. Uh, they were actually uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which is why they stayed true to the message of the Course, which is the most advanced presentation of the Holy Spirit that's available to anybody, I believe. At least that's my personal opinion. I think the people who uh, you know teach or channel they get away from the message because their ego becomes a filter for the message. 
Mm-hmm. You can give me the next part. Okay. Uh, the next ones have nothing to do with that type of controversy, but that's a good answer. And it is true that obviously anytime the Holy Spirit is coming through any human form, uh, there is that a built-in filtering mechanism, which, which can be more or less depending on, on how powerful that is. But it's going to at least have some effect on that, you know, so, uh, yeah. Very good. Okay, the next two two brief questions are kind of related, so I'll give them to you both at the same time. Um, in saying this is again still from Vicky. In saying thirteen of Persa's Gospel of Thomas, she spoke of three things Jay told Thomas that Thomas was not comfortable telling the rest of the gang. Can you say what those things were? And the, and the second part of the question is, and do you know how many lifetimes Jay had pre and post the Yeshua days? Okay, the uh, three things that Jesus spoke to Thomas uh, is actually in the Disappearance of the Universe. Oh, in the first book. Uh, okay, yeah, good. those three things are actually listed in the second chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of like uh, towards the end. Uh, you notice that in that chapter, uh, Purser explained about 22 sayings from the Gospel of Thomas uh-huh. and gave, uh, I think, a really good presentation so that people could go back and read the Gospel of Thomas and have a much better idea of what it was saying. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, in that chapter, uh, first, uh, you know, she pointed out that it happened, and then she said how she wouldn't tell the disciples that at that time what Jesus had said to her, uh, which at that time, she was a he. Right. And, uh, but she did say him in disappearance, and I'm going to kind of like uh, let people look that up for themselves. Okay. You know, rather than uh, put it on the podcast, because it is in the book. Okay. So it's already public. I don't quite have the book memorized yet, but I'm working on it. So, yeah. Second question, real quickly: How many lifetimes Jay had pre and post the days as Yeshua here on Earth? Uh, well, he hasn't had any since. Oh, yeah, that's a, <laughs> duh. Uh, yeah. Well, enlightened masters don't come back again. You know, right. some people believe that they do, but they actually don't. Uh, once you're enlightened, you're out of here. You don't come mm-hmm. back. And of course, uh, there's a big myth in spirituality that people, you know, come back whatever they call them, bodhisattvas or whatever. Right, right. Uh, you know, they come back and to save the planet and help other people. Well, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. You know, people think they're going to come back and save the world. Well, the world doesn't need you. The world has the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, and if you kept coming back, and if everybody kept coming back to save the world, then nobody would ever leave. You know, what the Holy Spirit wants is for us to go home, you know, to get out of here. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus didn't come back again. And, uh, yeah, he appeared to the disciples, you know, after the uh, crucifixion, but that was a different phenomenon than what most people are used to, because, as we've said before on this podcast, the Holy Spirit will show up to people in a way that they can accept and understand, Mm -hmm. even to the point where they could appear as a human being, and you could actually feel them and touch them. Well, like Arten and Persa. Exactly. Yeah. And there's even a quote from that, uh, in the course, in the Manual for Teachers, which I didn't understand that Arden Persa had me use it as the first quote in Disappearance, right before the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it explains that, you know, how uh, it says there are those who have reached God directly, retaining no trace of worldly limits and presenting uh, their own identity perfectly. Uh, these might be called the teachers of teachers because although they are no longer visible, their image can yet be called upon, and they will appear when and where it is helpful for them to do so. Uh, those images that appear are not the actual people. They are manifestations of the Holy Spirit 
just like the voice for God, the Holy Spirit, is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Course says that His is the voice for God and is therefore taken form. This form is not His reality. Now, that's also true if a person or an angel or the Virgin Mary or something like that appears in the dream or a voice. It doesn't matter what. The form is not the reality. It's the Holy Spirit that is the reality, and the Holy Spirit is showing up in the dream in a way that people can accept and understand. Uh, so that's why it's not going to be the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think you could say that most of the people nowadays say that they're hearing a voice of some kind, but they have to realize that that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And uh, then what happens is that they kind of like filter it with their ego. Now, A Course in Miracles says that only very few can hear God's voice at all. You know, what that's saying is, look, you've got to undo the ego. You have to do the Course. Uh, you have to master it. You have to actually undo the ego before you can really hear the voice for God. And most people don't want to bother with that. Mm. You know, they just want to uh, say what the Holy Spirit is saying to them. The only problem is what the Holy Spirit is saying to them uh, is going to be filtered through their ego until they do the forgiveness work that results in undoing the ego. Yeah. Then when you have undone the ego, well, then you can really hear God's voice. You know, so that's the whole point, but most people don't want to do the work that it takes to do that. Yeah, and supply the willingness, because you have to be willing and open, and that is the work of, of consistently opening yourself to that in order to hear it clearly. That's true. Uh, one of my teachers joked in Disappearance that Jesus... Early in the Course of Miracles says that this takes a little willingness. Right. And then in the Manual for Teachers, he turns it around and says, it takes abundant willingness. Yeah. <laughs> I call that the old bait and switch. <laughs> it, it takes a, a little, but you need a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's okay. a good way of putting it out. That's great. Okay. Um, we have time for one more quick one? Sure. Okay, now you're going to have to roll, so we're going to, we're going to get this one done quickly. Uh, this is one of the older ones, and it's been sitting here for a while, and I wanted to bring this one up. Uh, this is from Charlotte, who wrote in and said, Gary, just wanted to say I love your podcast, look forward to listening all the time. My question is, if the script is already written for our lives, when, how, and where we die, is it the same for people who commit suicide? Is it scripted for them as well? If it is not scripted for a person, can she or he commit suicide? And she says, no, I'm not suicidal, just curious. That's from Charlotte. That's an interesting little twist there. What do you think? Well, actually, uh, the script is written. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not actually changing the script, but we've uh, kind of like pointed this out, and I think it, will, it definitely gets into this more in the next book because there's a chapter uh, called... Uh, you know, the script is written, but not etched in stone, mm-hmm. and that's because the subtitle of the chapter is uh, The Nature of Dimensions. Ah. Now, you notice in the first 50 uh, principles of the Course, it says the miracle works in all the dimensions of time. It is actually possible to switch dimensions of time. So, in one dimension of time, this person kills himself, and that script is written. But it would be possible for that person to change dimensions of time by choosing the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. Right. They go with the ego, they kill themselves, that script was written. If they uh, choose the Holy Spirit instead and change dimensions of time, they're not changing the script. They're switching scenarios, they're switching aspects of the script, or else the Course wouldn't talk about uh, 
you know, different dimensions of time right there in the first 15 miracles principles. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, you know, we've used this analogy before, but it can't be said enough. It's like renting a DVD. You know, you are... Uh, you know, you kind of like uh, decide to watch an alternate ending. Sometimes they'll give you more than one ending right. on the DVD. Now, if you switch to that ending, you're not changing the script because that movie or that ending has already been filmed. It's mm-hmm. already been written. It's already there. The difference is you're choosing to experience that ending instead of the other one. And you can do that by choice, sometimes by simply choosing the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, and you get to the point where, you know, you may think differently, and you say, you know what, I'm not going to kill myself because, uh, you know, I just have to go through the whole thing again anyway if I do that. And all that I'm feeling is guilt, but I'm not guilty. I haven't really done anything. I haven't really done anything wrong. And uh, you can start to think about things differently, and the, the Course says, if I forgive, then I will see this differently. So it is uh, actually possible for suicidal people to make a different decision. It doesn't mean that they're changing the script, but it does mean that they're changing the way that they're looking at the script, which causes them to have a different experience. So once again, you're not writing anything new that wasn't already there, but you're choosing, and the Course great quote, my brother, choose again. You're choosing through your willingness, through the forgiveness process, you're choosing to allow the Holy Spirit to shift you to a different dimension where you pick up essentially an alternate timeline. They were both there before, but now instead of the bad outcome, you're experiencing what seems to be the good outcome and that all has been predetermined, but by your choosing, you've gotten what seems to you to be a much better present than you would have had the other way. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, very good. Good. So I get a run, buddy. But I know you do. Okay. Once uh, again, let's just... conference call on Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm looking just, forward to that. I'm just going to mention that. So that's going to be this coming Tuesday, October 27th. Uh, people should sign up for that now. I think you can probably do that until like the day before, but it would be, uh, you know, the earlier the better. Um yeah, that's great. It's 1995 for this one. Again, it's a great technology we're able to utilize here. That uh, you know, so that's uh, going to make it really a great experience for folks. And they can get the information in your newsletter. You're going to post it on the Dispers of Universe Yahoo group. You're going to run it at your Facebook page. I might put it at my Facebook page as well. Uh, and if if you if all of those methods fail, you can email me. Uh, and my email is right on the on the website at forgiveness.tv, and you can find it that way. Very good. Well, that's excellent. Okay. Well, good, good. And so you're leaving as, again, we're recording this on on a Wednesday. You're leaving on Thursday to go to Indy. By the time people hear this a day or two later, uh, you'll already be there freezing and chilled in the rain, but uh, it should be nice. But the warmth of the crowd and their love and reception for you, that that will make up for the uh, the weather. That's always the case. Yeah, I actually uh, enjoy being with the people at these workshops. They're always very good to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them have read the books, or at least one of them. And uh, so they're open to this. It's not like they're walking in off the street and, you know, never heard of uh, these principles before. Right. And that really helps the workshop uh, to be a better experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you know, uh, your work, I've been a number of things that you've done over the, over the years here. And uh, uh, that is one of the great things people say. Sometimes, as you say, someone comes in and they bring their friend or their spouse or whoever with them who may have no knowledge of the course or any of this kind of teaching. And they have a great time. They really enjoy it. They learn a lot and they'll say you know i didn't think i was going to like this but what a great evening and you know really opened my mind to all these new things and you're very entertaining too but that's a that's a great thing you must hear that all the time and that's got to be very gratifying uh, well thank you and uh i'm looking forward to tuesday night and uh we'll keep our podcast coming uh, every month also we've stuck pretty much uh, the last three years 
to uh, one podcast a month on average. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to do that, too. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, this the, the conferences will not in any way replace the podcast, and they'll always we'll keep doing them, and they'll continue to be free and everything else. The conferences are, are really a second secondary thing, uh, which is a different opportunity. It's like, as we say, it's kind of the next best thing to actually going to a live event with you. So uh, we'll see how this one turns out. This will be our first one, and we hope it'll be a lot of fun. I think it will. I think it will be, too. So yeah. uh, I'm going to run, buddy, but okay. thanks for everything. I know you got to roll. Have safe traveling, as always. And uh, I suppose, uh, well, I'll be talking to you Tuesday, <laughs> if not before then. And uh, hopefully a lot of folks listening will be talking to you Tuesday as well. So uh, safe travels, uh, happy packing tonight, and uh, bring something warm. <laughs> okay, Gene. Thanks a lot. Okay, buddy. I will talk to you soon, and we'll wrap it up. Okay, bye. Thanks, Gary. Bye. And keep in mind that the Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and released by Forgiveness.tv. All the verbal content of our programs is copyright 2009, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart, all rights reserved, all wrongs forgiven. I like that. I'll, I'll use that one again. Uh, what else? I've told you about the, the conference. You know that's coming up, the conference call on Tuesday. Uh, the cruise is next year podcast will be in another month or so any questions on any of this email me gene at genebogart.com or just look it up on the forgiveness.tv website uh we're also starting a, an email notification list for forgiveness.tv and the podcast you can find a link to that at the website as well there was something else i wanted to mention and i completely forget what it was oh i'll just have to start thinking about it how long can i stall while i try to think about this not any longer gene all right that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed this. We really appreciate all of our listeners. I love hearing your emails. I'm glad we can at least get to some of the questions, and we'll continue to do them as we go down the line on our Questions for Gary segment. In the meantime, I've said everything except what I like to say at the end of every podcast episode. As you, I hope, know by now, whatever the situation or question, forgiveness is always the answer. Gary, you there? You there, Gary? Are you still there? All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share.